0: I would say every business owner has has broken society's standards of go to school, get a job, work till you work till you're 70, and then hopefully enjoy your last remaining years.
1: Yeah. So
0: I think by owning a business and by doing the things that make you happy, uh, especially within that business, is
2: you just you just won. You know. That's the voice of Patrick Belazzo co-owner of Pine Baron Works, and I'm excited to talk with him and his co-owner, Carlina Sacco, right after a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is software to organize and manage your business, from quoting a project, to getting paid, to everything in between. Jobber's software brings everything together to make projects easy to manage and customers happy, giving you more time in your day and getting you paid faster. Go to getjobber.com slash ethan or check out the link in the show notes for a free 14-day trial of Jobber. And if you try it now, you get 20% off your first six months when you sign up. Hello and welcome to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson, the show that talks about the business behind the furniture business. On this episode, I sit down with Carlina Sacco and Patrick Bellazzo owners of the Basto, New Jersey-based furniture company, Pine Baron Works. Now I want to talk with Patrick and Carlina for a lot of reasons. Yes, they have been wildly successful in their business so far. Yes, they have a lot to teach us about building a community. Yes, they are a great example of working together as co-owners. And yes, they really exemplify what it means to overcome adversity to one's business. But I was also interested in their story because they are young, as people and as business owners. With so many younger people thinking about getting into the trades, I thought this would be a perfect example of two people who followed their passion and are making a living doing it. And not just a living, running a successful business and following their dreams. I want to talk with them and get a look inside a business that is growing and evolving as their owners learn more about their own skills and about the industry as a whole. But like every good story, there has to be a beginning. And ours starts with how they both got into furniture making in the first place.
0: What really started me on this journey was, I worked construction. I always worked with my hands Um, and I got, I I would always get laid off for for the winter. Well, when I got laid off three years ago in uh, I think 2018, I needed a coffee table. So I, I just went out and grabbed some pallets out of my yard that we had for the burn pile and built myself a coffee table. And uh, when I did that, I put it in my room. Carlina loved it. So she shot photos of it, put it on Facebook, uh, on Facebook Marketplace actually, just to see if we could sell it. And it sold overnight. And ever since then, um, I, still, I still don't have, my coffee table
1: <laughs> yeah he made another one and then i listed it again and it sold like within like three days and it kind of was like a spiraling effect me like oh maybe i should like try to make other things if people want to buy just coffee table which was cool um and then he kind of rolled into that and i was just out here helping him like while i was in school i'd come home and then stain stuff for him and then when my best friend graduated college she's a huge hiker and i saw these like mountain mosaics on pinterest and I was like, oh, like, can you cut me up a couple pieces? And like, I'll use some of your scraps and I want to make this. So at first to be able to cut the um, the 45s, he wouldn't let me use the chop saw. <laughs> I used a, like an old Ryubi bandsaw and nothing was perfect because like the blade kept slipping. But that was like my first piece. And I was like, oh, I want to make more and like, we'll try it. And I was like, I'm actually having so much fun doing this. So that's how I like slowly started getting into it, which is making like mountain pieces. And then eventually he taught me how to use the chop saw.
2: Yeah, and now she's uh, better at using saws than I am. What was it like that first couple times when you put something up and it just sold? That is not something that happens all the time. That's sort of lightning in a bottle where you decide you want to build furniture just out of, out of the ether and, and put it out there and it starts to sell. And how did that make you feel as an idea that this could actually be a, a company?
0: Well, it was actually humbling because I, I was nervous when she put it online for fear that it wasn't going to sell or people were going to judge me or, you know, I, I had a lot of thoughts running through my head. But the moment it sold, especially as fast as it sold, um, that's what really jump-started it. I mean, it was a slight ego boost. I was like, wow, like maybe maybe I, I am an artist, you know? Maybe I am a creator. And uh, I, I used to uh, create videos and photos and uh, do that on the side. Be, like being able to create something that somebody wants always really interested me so once i was able to do that with my hands and not necessarily just like a just like a photo then it it really it struck an awe in me i I wanted to keep doing it i wanted to strive to better my products and better myself and uh hone in on the skills and everything so i started looking up uh videos on youtube which i'm sure everyone has done i mean tutorials I, i believe There's a million people that have tutorials now so we've been bouncing around doing that and it's been a blast i mean
1: yeah like the first time i sold something so the first thing was like i gave it away and then i like right after that i made like a three little series of mountains and we went to a festival and i sold one and i was like i could not believe like somebody wanted to buy (laughs) something that i made like (laughs) i've always been like i'll make something and i'll give it away So the fact that like somebody wanted to spend money on like my art was, it it just like blew my mind away. I was like, wow, like people actually want to hang this in their home. Like I would, but I didn't think that I had the skill set to be able to produce something that like people wanted to hang on their wall. So like to be able to have that happen at that one festival was like, like he said, like kind of like a little boost, but it was also like. Eye-opening. Yeah, it was really eye-opening to realize that like, wow, like I can make things like this and like, I'm judging myself way too hard. and yeah, just like to realize that was really cool.
2: It's usually a journey that people go on when they decide they wanna go into the furniture business, the, the building business, where they have the idea and, and they toil with it for a certain amount of time. It seems like you just jumped right in both feet all the way, and that is amazing but that also didn't give you that timeline to work out a business plan, a idea of how you wanna run the business, not only the building side, but the actual pricing and contracts and all the things that go along with making money in the furniture world. How did you sit down and really work that out while at the same time you were neck deep in building things for clients already
1: yeah I feel like we're still trying to catch up with that like it's been a year and a couple months for me that I like full sent it in about two years for Patrick and we didn't think that it would become this big so fast so like we put things on the back burner that we shouldn't have and we were just like just trying to have fun with it and still learn um throughout the whole process so like we definitely now have gotten things compl- like more organized than we, should have, than we should have in the beginning, but it's definitely still a learning process. Like owning your own business, especially a small business, you do everything like from head to toe. Like there's no man above you who's taking control of something. Like you are can have like your foot in every single aspect of the business, which is very overwhelming at times, but it's nice having two people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we... Like you said, we jumped right into it. So we weren't able to even think about a website or a business plan, or it was kind of just build whatever comes to mind that you see on Pinterest or whatever that you really are interested in and see if it sells. And it was selling. I and mean, then it, Custom
1: it, orders came into the picture. Yeah,
0: and then we had custom orders. People just asking, can you build this? Will you build this to this dimension? And, and we were doing that for, I did it for about a year before I realized like, I can't do this forever this way, otherwise I'm just gonna be a small garage builder, you know? And so we started taking the business plan and molding it the best we could. Uh, we were a little busy building a storefront so that we had a place to sell our custom orders and we had a place for our, uh, the custom orders to be picked up that was more professional. So we actually created a building out of pallets um, and reused material. And that was, that was our, our focus for the longest time until we were finishing up that. We realized, okay, we need, we need a website. You know? We need to organize everything better. I mean, for the first year, we didn't even have an Excel spreadsheet. You know? We were just putting things into notes in our phone. So it is crazy to see how far you've come in such a short amount of time.
1: Yeah. It just happened way too fast. Like to think like the whole Excel sheet, like thing, I was like, we really should um organize this. Yeah. <laughs> so I made them get Excel and I had Excel and then we like put everything through there. And just even that like helped so much.
0: Yeah. Tremendously. I mean, we were so overwhelmed with custom orders. We were backed up about a year Um, within our first year, we were backed up a whole year. And I was just like, wow, like if we keep, at this, we're going to be backed up three years, five yeah. years. So we need to, we need to open up custom orders and close them. We need to organize better, you know, and
2: the reason I wanted to have you on this show is for two reasons. And you talked about both of them. Number one is that you're a successful business already, but you're also in the process of of becoming a business at the exact same time. You're in the process of becoming a better run business. You're working on the process as the success is growing. Yeah. And and, and and the other reason is there are a lot of people out there making similar pieces to what you both are making, and that makes it interesting in in the the business side because how does somebody stand apart when there's such a crowded marketplace? But I see the the growth that you all are getting, and the overwhelming success that you've had so far being booked out for a a full year after only your first year in business is is what shops dream about and i wanted to talk with you about how you started to set yourselves apart in a world where there are a lot of similar players in the game
0: yeah i think there's similarities between I mean, you could find similarities between any business and another, li- like business. You know, I mean, there's other people building things out of reclaimed material. They're everywhere. It's it's a thing now. It's a fad.
1: Yeah, and I think pallet building has been such a thing forever. Yeah, it's free wood. Like,
0: yeah, especially right now with the lumber prices. So, the amount of people building things out of reclaimed lumber is has boomed drastically in the last year with COVID. But I think what sets us apart is the fact that, number one, we're a couple of creators. If you look at any of the couples, I mean, they're doing great. You know, like look at Two Moose, for example. That's, we look up to them. They're our friends. We talk to them all the time, but they're killing it. You know, like they're doing so well for themselves. And I think a lot of it had to do with, obviously, they do great work, but it helps that they're a power couple. Everyone wants to be in that that power couple relationship where they're succeeding together doing the thing that they love to do. Um, another thing is we're, I think we're relatable, you know, we're, we're very, we're very open about our process. Uh, our mistakes are yeah. all over the internet. and Yeah. Like
1: we definitely share a lot, like we're very open to the sense where like, I think everybody in a certain way can relate to us. Like you said, because we share, like we have problems, like we. Like if we mess up on something, we'll post about it and talk about it with people because like nobody is perfect. And I think the Internet really portrays that because you're basically behind a screen and you can show what you want to show to portray that as who you want to be. And we really don't hide anything. Yeah. Like we're constantly showing like our flaws, our highs, our lows. And I think that's what mainly a lot of people can relate to.
0: Yeah. Another thing I wanted to touch base on on this subject was. Um, I, I really think the reason we can set ourselves apart from another company that does the exact same thing or another guy in his garage that's producing the exact same products is the fact that anyone, not anyone, but most anyone could build the things we're building. We're not doing crazy joinery. We're not doing, which I really look up to and I really want to do eventually, but um, we're just piecing things together, learning things through the internet. I mean, asking, uh, we're we're asking people about how to do things. I mean, we are the average person when it comes to building out here. And uh, I think that's what makes it so relatable. I mean, anyone and everyone could do what we're doing if they put the time into it
1: yeah
2: anyone and everyone could do what you're doing, but they're they're not. There are a lot of people doing what you're doing, but they are not successful. So in no way was that question meant as a a slight to what you were doing. I would not have you on the show if I did not think <laughs> that you were w- w- if I did not think you were running a, a, a successful company So that answer, was was exactly what i was thinking and and hoping you would get into and it also led me to the other two questions that i had on my mind when i decided to sit down and and talk with you all is being a couple and the way that works with your business and also how you've been promoting yourselves online so let's jump into the couple aspect. And it's, it's no surprise to people that businesses where there's two founders or two people at the head get a lot more work done. There's also the other side where it could be a terrible, terrible disaster where two people clash and the company never gets off the ground. But when it does work, and there's two founders or two people at the helm, it's amazing because you're both putting in over 100% and together you can get so much more accomplished so fast. And that's probably one of the main reasons why you all had such growth so fast. How do you figure out the working relationship, not only on the building and professional side but also on the back end side as well
1: so to start this i was like full send after i graduated college last may and my parents this is what i want to do i want to put a year aside see how it's going and like to see if i could do it like this is the time to do it i just graduated i have no other obligations um And they're like, are you sure you want to like get into this with your boyfriend? (laughs) Like, we love Patrick so much, but like, how is that going to work? And I was like, eh, whatever happens, happens. Like, we'll figure it out. And at first I was like, wow, is he really going to annoy me? I'm going to be spending 24-7 with him. (laughs) But um, he like literally, I don't think we could have done it any better. Like, I think the way that we work together, we feed off each other in the shop. He asks questions. I have questions and we always have an answer for each other. Um, I'm constantly learning from him and I think I teach him things as well. Like the other night we spent an hour on the scroll saw and he just scrolled and I gave him tips and helped him out. And I think being able to feed off each other that way has been like the best outcome I could ever have thought of when working with a partner. Um, there's like time where we just spend so many hours in here where I'm like, we need to have a social life. So there's been like boundaries we've hit where, we're like, okay, we work this many hours because we've been working like 12-hour days. Like every weekend, let's go on a date. Like really like, put our relationship first instead of the business and not talk about business and put an hour aside, just to talk about us and like our future and what we want to do. Um, but just like having a partner. But
0: then we go yeah. on these dates and guess <laughs> who's talking about the business.
1: Yeah, I, I set the lines <laughs> and then I end up bringing them up. But
2: <laughs> Well, this is a, yeah. th- this is a, a furniture company podcast and not a relationship podcast, so I, I'm not gonna jump into that. But it, it's very interesting to hear a take on the business world from people who are younger and, and, and a business that's younger and seeing it through fresh eyes as how it grows because you didn't really have any preconceived notions of the industry before you were actually in the industry. So you're looking at it and learning about it in real time. What's been your experience with that? With having, you know, let, let's let just jump into it. What's been your experience with clients? Because that is the biggest part of having a furniture company, because you can Do is make as much furniture as you want, but if you're not selling it, then you're not making any money. So how has your experience with clients been so far in this business?
0: Um, I think our experience with clients has overall been great. I mean, I think it helps that I was in sales before I worked. I mean, I say I was in sales. I worked at a mall when I was younger, but I had the highest sales in the entire East Coast. So I, I, do, I think it's easier being able to talk to people and being able to understand where they're coming from when they say, hey, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily like which direction you're taking that table or which direction you're taking this. Um, and instead of getting offended by it, I, I'm down to completely hash it out with them and, and talk to them and take it in the direction that they were thinking from the beginning. Most of the time that doesn't happen and they the client is happy, but if it does happen, there's no hard feelings. I mean, they get, they get what they want. You know um, I wouldn't say the customer's always right, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I try and, I try and make everyone happy. Um, yeah. When it, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, uh, I try I try my best to make sure that they feel comfortable with the product that they're getting. Uh, we have we've only had a couple sticklers throughout the entire business.
1: Yeah, I'd say like on my end when dealing with customers with like mosaics and custom signs. The mosaic side, it's kind of like just a broad area. I feel like not many people in our area have ever seen them before or like wanted them. And now that I started making them, we've had like so many people come out and they've been like amazing. They're like, we kind of like this design, but we just want you to run with it. Whatever you create, we've loved everything you've made. So just do what you want to do. Like we have free reigns, which is amazing when a customer says that. But I also love with the custom sign orders, those customers who they give me every detail. They know what and they want. They know what they want, which is really easy to create. It's fun to create and like hear their side because having that custom side, it allows me to create something that I've never done before. Kind of like if I have like a roadblock, you have a customer come in and be like, hey, like I saw someone make this before. Can you make something similar and mix match this with this? Which offers like a whole new area and a broad range to like go with and figure out how to do that now. So I would say like on my end and his end, like I've never really had a stickler. I know he's had a couple, but it's been really positive. And like just the woodworking community in general, especially when we have questions, coming into the woodworking community, I had no expectations. Like I played field hockey my whole life. I surfed, I wakeboarded, I never really touched tools. So I really was kind of blindsided, didn't know what to expect coming into this community. And I think we couldn't have picked a better community because the amount of like support, Whenever you have a question, nobody is like, "Sorry, that's my method. I can't tell you." Everybody is so open to help. Um, I can just call up Lizzie from House of Timber and be like, "Hey, Liz, like, how did you do this? Someone wants something similar. Can you give me a tip?" And she'll walk me through the whole thing. And it's really like positive and like just uplifting to know that there's such an amazing community that we're here with. Um, I don't know. It just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, being happy at the end of the day is is a great way to judge success, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, it helps that you are also incredibly busy and making money while doing this. That also helps to add some happiness to the pile. Yeah. So there is, there is definitely a shortage of younger people going into the trades and and we'll call furniture making and woodworking a trade because that's what it is even though it is an artistic pursuit it's also working with your hands and building things what made you feel like this was a good path to take and something that you wanted to pursue instead of going into say a corporate job or a sales job or, or moving forward in some type of company. Because there are a lot of people out there who love the idea of building something with their own hands, but the trades have gotten a stigma over the years, and it's not something that you should go into if you want to be seen in a professional light. So what made you feel like this was a good place to hang your hat?
0: So I had a desk job. I, I know it sounds like I've been all over, but <laughs> I had a desk job when I was, I think 19. And I worked for the federal government doing scripting and programming. And it was one of the most miserable times of my life. I'm sure there are people out there that love it and enjoy it. and
1: But he also went to school for that. Like that's what you wanted to do, you thought.
0: Yeah. But so I, yeah, I got the dream job out of high school and, and I loved it, but oh, I, I loved the idea of it. And then I got it and realized how horrible it was. I mean, I felt like I was caged in that cubicle every day. So I was just looking for happiness. You know, I wanted to do anything that made me happy. And I've made videos in the past on that. And, um, yeah. So, so by, by starting this business, I mean I loved watching things grow and and creating things with my hands. So this this couldn't have been uh, a better gift to me uh, for for happiness. You know, I, I I mean, yeah, I don't I don't really know where I'm going with this.
1: <laughs> like, I kind of understand what you're saying because, like, we've talked about it before. Like, for him, like he was just depressed in a cubicle um for a while of his life he then left and built a van then built a school bus lived in san diego and traveled around the country just in search of happiness and found that happiness and wanted to share it with everyone and when we started dating it like struck a light in me like for me i always was happy like with everything i did i wanted to go to school to be a pa but towards the end of my college career i was like i'm not really sure if this is what i want to do 100% so when we started dabbling in woodworking And I started seeing how much joy like he found by not being like going with the books and following the rules and the code of you go to school, you get a job and you get a degree in that area and you work until you die. And seeing him not do that really like was like, wow, we don't have to follow this. Like he's living successfully just through happiness. Like, yes, money sometimes is everything and we need money to live. But just seeing him how happy he is, like I wanted to be in search of that. So being able to do that now with him and like, I finally, like I was happy, but I finally really think I found true happiness.
0: You're doing what you love now instead of what you think that you should be doing.
1: Yeah. Like breaking that, I don't know, like it's like a, I guess it's like a code or like a, just a
0: a, society's norm, society's standards. You know, I mean, I would say every business owner has, has broken society standards of go to school, get a job, work till you work till you're 70 and then hopefully enjoy your last remaining years. Yeah. So I think by owning a business and by doing the things that make you happy, uh, especially within that business,
2: is you just you just won. you know. (laughs) Happiness seems like a big part of the reason you both have have pursued this. And it is an admirable goal and, and one that I hope a lot of people or, hey, you know what? I, I hope everyone in in business is also reaching for because along with the money and along with the fame, at the end of the day, it it comes down to what is really pushing you forward. But along with the happiness, it's it's not always a sunny day. It's not always a great time. There are hard clients, there are, Hard times and you have experienced something pretty dramatic. The the store that you had built to be selling your pieces from it, it burned down and it, it was it was a disaster, not only in the sense of a fire and a building, but also in your business as as a growing business and something that you really put effort into talk about how you felt when, when something didn't go right, when something didn't go right in a, in a very dramatic way and how you're coming back from that.
1: When we woke up that morning at one in the morning and saw that, like I was just destroyed. Like we had just spent eight months constantly working on that and We had so much like thankfully we've had a lot of fun in it and like had parties and open houses and stuff, but that was our baby. Like that was the first thing that we built together and both we handpicked everything. So we sat there in the front of the yard and just watched it burn down and like I was done. I was destroyed and Patrick took me aside and he looked at me and it was literally like word changing moment. He was like, so what's next, Carlina? Like this isn't the end of us and we're going to keep going and hearing that come out of his mouth because I thought he would have been done too was the most uplifting thing ever because it was like, okay, he's still going. I have to keep going and we got this. Like we can't end it. We can't be done. We're going to come out of this stronger than ever. Um, And then it usually, I think like after it hits you, it's, it's like you kind of fall down and you get back up, but we really never had that. Like we had really rough moments, but because of the outpouring, of positivity and
0: from the community, community,
1: it was like, I'm going to get like teared up talking about it. (laughs) It was just so humbling, like to see how many people really, it's not just a like on your Instagram, like it's actually like, I care about you. I follow you for a reason. And they get all of those responses and those emails and messages was, yeah. I was just, I couldn't stop crying.
0: Yeah. Paragraphs from people in Kenya and, um, and australia and new zealand from all over the world like i i thought we just had we had a couple people like local people following us around south jersey and uh and our maker friends you know i didn't realize there was such a large community in in this world especially for just a little uh just a little wood shop, you know
2: yeah
0: <laughs> so it, it was such a humbling experience i i wouldn't say it's it definitely set us back yeah but i wouldn't say that it it kicked us down at all yeah I mean we we got right back up and we did exactly what we know how to do and that's recycle material and turn it into beautiful furniture and works of art so as it was being torn down the same day it burnt uh we reclaimed as much of it as we could including a lot of our pieces that were in there that were charred to no end that the average person would have probably thrown out and uh wrote it off and called it a day but we salvaged as much as we could we we created art from all of those salvaged pieces and yeah. we were able to create a, a phoenix series of her mosaics and i'm still working on uh furniture of all the charred pieces i don't i don't know how to pronounce it i think it's shao shao <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much the way we took it we were like okay well it already did the burning for us so now yeah. we don't have to do that we could just build
1: yeah, Andrew from um, Cold Brew, Cold Brew Woodworks.
0: Yeah, Andrew from Cold Brew Woodworks came the next day, That the morning after.
1: Yeah, he came and I think that would have been like the worst day, just like letting everything sit. And we were planning on just sitting around, just moping, not going to the shop. And he was like, nope, let's go.
0: Yeah, so a little background on that is he lives, what, five, five hours away? Yeah, I think four. Four hours away. So, And I've never met him. I, I was on... I've been online just talking to him every day. We send each other messages, we talk, and uh, I would say we're close friends, but we've only been internet friends. So when he showed up the day after the fire, just to make sure that we weren't down and we weren't suffering, uh, that is what really solidified this community for us. I mean, I was blown away.
1: Yeah, like we sat out here and we worked on legs for dental tables and just hung out, had a couple of claws and just talked and just in that eight hours, 10 hours, he was here, it was like, we knew him forever. It was crazy. Like, I think it definitely was one of the hardest things that we've ever gone through. But like Patrick said, it didn't like, we weren't down in the dirt, getting kicked down on like being able to have that support from everyone and having each other and realizing like, this isn't the end, I think really like separated us and really showed us that like, okay, like we can do this. like this isn't it, like, this is one of the hardest things we've gone through, but we will come out of it stronger yeah. than ever.
0: Uh, yeah, for the business, it was definitely one of the hardest things probably we'll ever go through at, for the business aspect.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, I mean, we never, we never look back. It's all forward from here.
1: Yeah, it was like such a cool experience. We're like posting stories and like showing people because they were asking what's happening. And I had people sending me screenshots and circling pieces and being like, can I buy this? How much? Like, I was like, wait, what?
0: Yeah, pieces that we pulled from the fire that were just completely destroyed. Yeah, I
1: was like, it's completely charred, like smells like ash. And they're like, no worries. Like when you sand it, like, let me know when to come pick it up, but I want it. (laughs) Let me know a price. And I was just so taken back by that.
0: Yeah, we're really thankful for the community that we have.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it just goes to show you that there is so much more to building a business than just the paperwork and just the numbers. And if you take the time to really build, like we keep saying, a a community around yourself, then there will be people there for you in the good times and the bad times. You said that it amazed you that you had so much support when you were just this little wood shop. But big things come from humble beginnings, and you have been growing and continue to grow, even through adversity. There are a lot of people who are trying to get into this industry. There are young people who want to get into the trades. There are older people who are tired of their job and want to try something new. And there's also people who are already in this and are looking to bring their business to a higher level and to be more successful in whatever way, shape, or form that presents itself. As people who are not only in the process of building something great, but have also built something great what's some advice that you both could give to the community out there that's listening and is looking for ideas? I would
0: say it really depends on which way uh, you wanted to take it. I mean, we jumped right into Instagram. Um, I know there's a lot of people that might not even enjoy social media and would want to build their business, but I would say the best way to do it and to be a part of the community is to jump into social media, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or, or Pinterest or anything where you can talk to other creators and, um,
1: and just document,
0: yeah. and, And just document as much as you can for even your own progression to view how far you've come to see your mistakes, to, to better yourself. Uh, People want to see it, you know, whether whether it's good or bad, they they're interested because they want to do what you're doing. Um, So I think the best thing that that we have done from the beginning was document the whole thing, film your building process, you know, throw your phone up into a time lapse. You know, it doesn't have to be anything special. Um, And
1: yeah, I mean, like without social media, we wouldn't have a business like it really. Like for me, like as I grew up with phones, millennial, like Instagram was always portrayed as like, okay, you like post a picture of what you're doing, like hang out with friends, blah, blah, blah. But it can cause such a negative feed. I think social media could either be a positive or such a negative influence and being able to fill your phone and your feed up with such positive influences. Like I follow you guys. I follow um, Lizzie, two moose, like people that inspire me, I follow. And being able to follow them is also giving me ideas and inspiration to post and update and document. Um, I think by doing that, then you're able to create just a community that you want to be around as well.
0: Yeah, I think without social media, we wouldn't have a business and we definitely wouldn't be part of a great community. Social media has made us who we are today. Don't get me wrong. It's also made me depressed. It's made me uh <laughs> It's made me second guess certain things, but that's because I was looking at it in the wrong light. Um, when you can take a step back and use it as a tool to better yourself, I think social media is a,
2: is a great uh, tool.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, those are very wise words. And for two people who have been in this a relatively short time, you definitely have a very far-reaching view on the industry and your own place in it. I really do appreciate you both sitting down and, and taking the time to talk with me and not only me, but the community as a whole. and just reminding everybody that there is more out there than simply the ledger sheet.
1: thing to like click away too, like just for anybody listening if you're not happy, like that's okay. And just like, I have it tattooed on my body happiness. Like for me, if you can find happiness in anything you do, then like Patrick said, you're winning.
2: Yeah. You're successful. Yeah. Well, that is a beautiful way to end it. And I appreciate both of your times and I wish you nothing but success moving forward in your business and in your happiness.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you
2: so much, Ethan. Thanks so much for listening to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you like to listen. To learn more about the show, you can visit buildingafurniturebrand.com. And feel free to reach out anytime to say hey, ask a question, or suggest a guest for future episodes. Our email is hello at buildingafurniturebrand.com. You can follow along with me on Instagram at thebuildwithethan.com